0: I had like 300 euros in my bank account and I was like and I heard this wow. bo- voice that says go to mama India so I spent all my money in this flight ticket <laughs> like, I think already I was 30 years old or something I was like you know I'm a fully grown up I have just spent all my money in India I cannot be a hippie forever like I trust in God but again game, again game, I'm doing it you know a game, yeah. jumping yeah. into that no.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Beyond The Matrix with your host Adric Suber. Have you ever wondered if this is all there is in life? What lies beyond what we were made to believe? In this podcast, we're going to uncover real human stories of those who have taken courage to go off the beaten path and live in full authenticity. We're going to challenge what you believe is possible, fuel your spirit with courage and heart with warmth to fully live your truth. So buckle up and get ready for the Ride Beyond Beyond the Matrix. Matrix. In our very first episode, I have a very special guest here. Sukawati is a channeler, a tarot reader, chart reader—just a beautiful, incredible, magical soul uh, that I had the honor to meet. Actually, six months ago, it was in my first month in Bali, and and before the recording, we just realized that I only I've only met you once, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but. And this is our second time that we met and we met and we're doing this virtually. And I, and the fact that we've only met once and I still want to have her on the podcast just speaks about the type of like energy that she had, the type of connection that we had the first time we met. And I was just blown away by her life story and how she got to be where she is today and sharing her gifts with the world. So I'm just really excited to have you here today, Sukawati. Welcome.
0: Wow, what an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. I'm very (laughs) blessed to to be here and also to meet you. Like when I met you, I felt so candid energy, like very peaceful and pure and center. And I think that's why we connected and this is uh, on right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that we finally managed to make this happen when I thought of having creating this podcast and it was still in the birthing process. And then having met you that night that really affirmed that I really want to create this podcast because it's true. People like you who have lived this life that is kind of like uncommon and like off the beaten path, uh, very, different from the life that I was used to and many people are used to in current days, people who live nine to five, people who work in a corporate and just follow this live template. And you completely went off of that and create an, a life that is fully authentic to your own. Uh, and it was just really inspiring. I want everyone to hear more and more stories like this to let people know that there's many other ways and many forms of realities that exist outside of what we know in our current reality. So Sukhavadi, I would love for you to just kind of share uh, where you are in life right now, what you're currently doing. I give a bit of intro, but I don't think that does justice to the (laughs) gifts that you have. So I'd love to hear from you yourself about you, brief introduction and what, what you're doing, what you're offering to the world.
0: Thank you so much, <laughs> Edric. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, right now I'm, I feel in Ubud it's a very creative vortex and also Ubud in uh, Indonesian means healing and we all, people who live here, we feel this is strong energy and we can utilize it to help other people. And I have already been living here like one year and a half and uh, I work as a channeler mainly online because of the situation here. I'm getting now my official kitas, but it's been also a trip mm-hmm. to work online. So I help people around the world and um, doing this uh, channeling sessions that I they came to me intuitively. Then I will explain how. But basically I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient, I mean clair, <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> the thing is like I work with someone and I can see their bodies, their organs, even implants. Some people have, uh, of course, all the energy field, the spirits they Mm. come with. Maybe they come with uh, ancestors or someone who passed away who wants to talk. So I'm also like a medium for this spirit Mm. to talk with. And mainly people ask me, you know, what's my mission? What's my purpose here? Many people really want to tap into their mission. And mm. some people have these chronic pains, like a stomach pain or something like this, or maybe the energy is a strain um also Mm. where to live this is a common question and of course relationships not love (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) all the love songs in indonesia
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah so this is uh, it's been developing now it's five years i'm doing this so now i'm used and other kinds of like drums singing bowls, I'm singing, and it's like more forest singing. Also, I think because mm. of in every place I have lived, I have received activations of my soul. So it's like, mm. it's a whole mix. And just recently, I was activated like language when I got corona, mm. suddenly the whole mm. chakra opened up and I could speak also like language that I used in my, in my sessions with people
1: Wow. What kind of language are you referring to?
0: So the light language is the language of the soul. Each person can speak it and it's very pure. And when you start talking, then I, I can do a an example. When you start uh, speaking in this language, because it's not restricted and you are not trying to adapt to a language, to a structure, you are just vibing. It's so pure that the energy of the place shift is like it clears the energy of the place and actually there are many people around the world speaking this language and i have friends that we can we only talk in like language and it's so
1: wow wow that is so fascinating can you give an example of what this language sounds like
0: okay maybe if you help me you close your eyes so i don't feel so
1: okay (laughs) Okay, okay yes i'm gonna close my eyes (laughs)
0: and Papa caracatayan a mokoyan a cushion, then a catapakai and a macayo, or a poker to Pakaka to Pakashan, then a macayan a macacan, then a takayan to Pokokondana, or a pokushin, then a pie and a macatatata, Shuruku carapacanda, a macoya, Akandanai and ana, Manapur, a a pacayan a catatata, Shuruku no more, orona cataya, a putna catayo. Than a car, ee, the manata nyana, umbanakayapua, oporaquakta kaye, arapukandana, shunana akandana paiana, taracoa, a poyanaka, oposhi, ashkana kayanata, rumana, ayana, katayanayanapo, coco, a quandana, shunotwa, a tia moa, and a makai, some nakaroqua, and so yeah, what it came through me, it's mm. like when we open ourselves at the layers of our heart and we really open all the gifts start appearing and your true self can can come out with no fears, no restrictions, no no self sabotage, just being no.
1: mm. <laughs> Wow, Suka, that language just sounds like a music to my ears. <laughs> i had no idea what you're saying but i just felt like this wave of warmth and like peace like just vibrating across my throughout my body as i was listening to you yeah. say whatever you just say and how does one start to this it, did it just come to you naturally like or do you take some, is there like a, a way to learn this language or it just like comes to you
0: So the first time actually it came to me, it was 2018. And I was in a ceremony of Huachuma. Uh, Some people call it San Pedro in Peru in a cave. It was like a very powerful Mm -hmm. cave. Uh, Some rituals, ancestors would do rituals there. And I just do it, did it with my hands. You know, my whole body was like an antenna and I was doing these crazy mudras, but there were, there was not much sound coming out. And I was like, well, what is this? You know, and then in a few mm. times in my life, suddenly something will come out, like uh, maybe a singing. Um, some people, you know, when you sing and you don't want to say anything, you're just vibing. So suddenly... Yeah. some sounds and then corona for me was like so difficult because i had so much pain and suddenly i just yeah. started speaking and it helped me to heal because it was like these voices you know calm down, you know we're with you and like and it was it was such a beautiful trip yeah yeah
1: wow and you said you will communicate to some people in this language then you guys will understand each other
0: Yes, so it's like because it's not something to understand with your mind, but with your heart and with mm. your body. So with some friends, actually we send each other messages and we are like, Did you understand that? Like um and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when we do it, like we can. But I think the main purpose of this uh, language is is just exchanging an energy. As I as for example, as I did with you, you know, you felt some energy in your body. That's yes. uh, the purpose. Yeah.
1: Wow, that is so fascinating. And Suka, I would love to dive into your story a little bit because, you know, you're someone with this very... Uh, you're gifted with this psychic powers. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to pause for a second and kind of break down what you just shared as your introduction to like very common people are a lot of like words and like concepts that sound very bizarre, you know, being able Mm -hmm. to communicate with deceased ancestors, like like, solve past life trauma and like receiving message and being this medium for uh, the other realms to communicate and uh, transmit their presence through you how did you first discover this gifts? And I can imagine for someone who, uh, and maybe you can share a little bit about where you, where are you from? Where do you grew up? Uh, I can imagine uh, being in a place where you're not surrounded with people like you that could feel very alienating and very lonely and overwhelming to, to be able to have this gifts and, and not feel like you're normal. So maybe you can share a little bit of uh, your story and background and how do you come to, accept and uh, embrace these gifts of yours?
0: Thank you. So yeah, uh, at the beginning, I remember when I was a kid, I could see like fairies and spirits around plants and even ghosts. I remember the first time I saw a ghost, I was like four or five years old. And I knew that person that was in my grandma's house was not alive and I was shocked I was like <gasps> mm. because no one told me about ghost no one told me what a ghost is so I was shocked um, and then but then I really always was drawn to this kind of uh, things behind the veil of reality so I was even looking for it I remember I had a silver chain with a silver ring and I would you sit like a pendulum in the places so mm-hmm. i really was drawn to it uh, and in my some some parts of my family they would talk about it you know i'm, a, I'm about weha and all these things so but yeah when i was mm-hmm. a teenager it got a bit uh, intense because you know when we are teenagers whew, all the shadow wall comes in and all the fears and yeah and then I found this kind of a spirit that, that they wanted to scare me off, you know, and they would mm. watch me in the night. And I was so scared that I said, God, please remove this from me. I don't want to see anymore. I don't want to feel it mm. anymore. And yeah, the next day I was not seeing anything anymore. So. Oh,
1: wow. It, it was just gone like that. <laughs> it's gone.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, when I was... Um, I was living in England because I'm from Canary Islands. And then I lived some bit in Barcelona. It was very difficult always for me to know what to do in my life. So I studied architecture for a bit. It was not my thing at all. Imagine
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just so hard to imagine you being an architect right now after knowing like what you're currently doing, what your gifts are. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: I felt very weird. Then I came back to Canary Islands and my parents were like, you know, you have to study something. And then I studied art history. And it was beautiful because it was also very magical, and these stories and myths and legends and art. Mm-hmm. And then I went to keep studying in England to run art galleries, which was fun, but again very boring to be in an art gallery. <laughs> and I was yeah. feeling purposeless. I was like, "What I'm doing? This white cube, you know, what I'm doing here?" Mm. And I started researching about Taro. and then. Yes, reading these cards and reading books and something starts shifting again. And again, I start seeing ghosts. I was like, whoa, something is happening. But by that time, I had lost my faith in God. Yes, this Mm. happened in my teenage years. I just lost the faith in God because of church and all the corruption and all these things. Mm. Which actually are not tied to God, but somehow I just lost it. and so. I felt in England purposeless. I felt I really want to find something beyond my ego, something higher. And just mm. with Taro, something started opening up, unfolding. And then I decided to drop my career in the art world and just going into adventure to that known. And I wanted to find wow. A lot.
1: <laughs> wow. Wait, pause a second. Like how do how does someone go from knowing that or believing that this is your career path and and having lost your faith in god to rediscovering that faith again and finding that courage to leave everything behind things you have developed and what you think will be good for your life and your future to completely to go completely off off the path and like d- discover something else how how do you find that courage to do that
0: magic (laughs) I don't even know (laughs) I just was feeling very unhappy you know like desperate like that Mm. I didn't the world didn't make any sense to me and in the nights I remember I had nightmares with an apocalyptic wall and I was seeing Mm. in my dreams an, an apocalyptic wall and I felt desperate I was like I'm sure I'm in this planet for something higher not to be in a white cube you know in this high society in england you know i had Mm. everything but still i was unhappy because i thought Mm. this is not it and it was so Mm. scary yeah yeah so i just bought a one-way ticket to sri lanka and i don't know i didn't even know i remember i just stopped in front of the computer where to go in the planet and i saw sri lanka and i said yes it was so crazy and then two weeks later <laughs> i was in sri lanka i was wow I was so scared and i decided to go to a vipassana retreat and that started yeah. opening a huge beautiful trip it was right super- Wait,
1: so you just uh, you didn't know where you're going you just wanted to leave the uh, canary island and somehow sri lanka felt you felt called to go there without any particular reason <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> That is insane because I'm someone who, like, will think and do a lot of research before, like, moving to a new country. But for you, it's just like, Sri Lanka. I feel like it. And then <laughs> and you're there the next two weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that is insane.
0: But I still, I only was there for one month because, yeah, there was something. And also in the Vipassana retreat, I met some people who had gurus in India. And I was thinking, mm. oh, maybe if I find a guru, I will find God through the, through them. So, I went to India and I started visiting some gurus, but somehow none of them matched it with my energy. I was like, nah, no, no, next. No, no, no. Uh, (laughs) And then I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first time I felt something. You know, I was like, okay, okay, this is special. I feel something. So, I was invited to a kind of a a youth. Congress in the mountains in India. It was very weird. The whole thing. It felt like karmic or something. And they needed a translator, a Spanish translator, and I was Spanish. I was like, yeah. So suddenly, I'm in a little room only with 20 people, and this guy who was channeling a death guru, a guru who passed away. He was a channeler, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but okay, I'll sit here. And this guy starts channeling something, and my heart is open wide open i'm crying to mm. running down wow. i look around everyone is the same crying i was like whoa this energy is very pure you know and then mm. i felt here there's god something but still i didn't i didn't match with this uh, death guru or this guy <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> this is beautiful but I still not <laughs> it right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one of your gifts, just hearing your story until this point, is just you have this strong intuition and you're really connected to your gut feel and your heart. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you just felt like going to Sri Lanka and the fact that you just knew that this guru wasn't the right fit for you. I think that's one of your true powers as well. Because for a lot of people, we're still stuck in our head mm-hmm. and we like we try to rationalize, like think of why something doesn't make sense. But for you, just Feels like it, and you continue searching for what really feels right to you in your heart.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. I guess so. Yeah, I and also being a woman is different. Women are more like watery and more emotional, and but yeah. I guess because, you know, I was into the adventure and you are like, okay, now I can only follow signs because obviously this is not working anymore. (laughs) The thing, I met a guy and said, you know, there's a woman, there's a guru, she's a woman and she's in the south and she's very earthy and grounded and she will sit on the sand in the beach with you because all these gurus, they were like kind of in thrones, sitting in thrones and it was everything so luxurious also. I'm so... I don't know. And when I visit this woman, also, I think when when finding a guru, it depends on what you need to heal. And in my case, I need mm. to heal my relationship with my mother. So uh, a guru that represented a divine mother, she was like an embodiment mm. of this divine mother. It was the perfect healer for me. And, yeah, I saw her. I was like, yeah, she's the one. <laughs> she's the one. <laughs> yeah. And then it took me some time. And then, you know, you have to ask, can you be my Guruji? And wow, that was the most intense moment of my life, I will say, because, you know, you are on your knees, just looking this divine, because, I mean, I could feel the energy of this, my Guru, from one kilometer away. From one kilometer away, I was like, I was like, this being is so special, you know? And when you get closer and closer to her, the thoughts disappear. Sometimes I go to her with a question and I get closer, closer, and, and then it- uh-huh. <laughs> and then, fuck, I forgot the question again. <laughs> <admit> <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, her energy is so, uh, wow. Well, wow. i I've never met an energy like this you know it's so pure it's so mind-blowing uh so for yeah. me to be just on my knees and say would you be my guru you know like my teacher properly and she stopped yeah. maybe it was just two seconds but for me it was a whole eternity you know and she will look at my <laughs> soul, like and then okay okay i'm like oh my god <laughs>
1: uh it must have been like a sacred and beautiful moment for you because you've been searching for this person for a while you know traveling across the world to sri lanka to india and then swiping one guru after the other (laughs) and and when you when you found it like even a kilometer apart you felt that this is going to be the one and to be kneeling in front of her and to receive the yes that must have been, like, a, just a search of, like, ah, like a relief, yeah. sense of peace that just, like, like just embraces you, must have felt really, really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's a love story of my life, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's been five years with her, and it's, like, so many miracles, and the way she shows up in my life, it's, like, I didn't have a clue in that moment of what a guru means, you know, and what... Yeah, this connection is so magical you know and sometimes i i feel upset because people talk about gurus and they don't have clue they don't have guru Mm. and for Mm. me something so pure and it's such a free relationship you know my guru it's like she has sent me to study with other gurus around the world and shamans and she's like you know you i'm your guru Mm. you only have one but You can have many teachers and you're free to move around the world. Don't be here in my ashram with me the whole time. Go to the wall, wow. serve, make money, spiritualize money. You know, that's good. You don't have to be here in a cave, you know, mm. not that time anymore.
1: You mentioned after this, uh, four months in Nepal, move to Mexico. Mm. What made you? <laughs> At what point do you feel like, okay, I'm complete in this chapter? Because you moved through a lot of different places and with a lot of different gurus. What made you feel like, oh, I'm complete here and then and I need to go on with my journey? And how do you end up in Mexico?
0: Yeah. You know, for me, it was all about following signs. Yeah, in this month, uh, I also met the shaman. It's, she's a very famous shaman. She's one of the 13 grandmothers of uh, Earth. But actually... I don't want to talk bad about anyone, but I was quite disappointed with her. I was quite upset. It felt the whole scam. I don't know if she's the scammer or the -hmm. the organization around her, but it felt very bad, very bad. And I, I, I don't know. It was all very weird. Um, bad experience, karma. And it was the first time actually I had a bad experience because with the other gurus I visit, you know, I could see, I could feel, I could just go around it. But mm. it was very weird. And also she was called Ama, and she was also a Kali devotee. So yeah, it was a, a game big learning. And uh, yeah, and then, yeah, remember I was there and I started tapping into uh, Mexican shamans and actually, a grandmother who just died uh, this year called Abuela Margarita. And I was like, look, I'm, I don't like this city in Kathmandu. It's very polluted. Uh, I don't like this mm-hmm. experience with this shaman. It's looking that I have a lot of karma in this city. <laughs> I need to get out of here. And I was like, actually, you know, I don't have any restrictions now i feel called to mexico why don't to go to mexico so i just supposed to flight to mexico <laughs> just doing a thing that security always does <laughs> yes yeah, so i just did it uh wow. Well, then big learnings came also i was like okay so now you know it's been like a whole year or year and a half without working you need to maybe do some exchange of maybe going into communities and work in exchange of food or whatever so yeah it was different now I was with this intention of doing exchange and yes I was in some communities some places doing some work away so it was different vibe but I started doing also uh, my gifts offering my gifts in exchange of donation So I was already attending people and Mexico, the energy of Mexico is super intense. It's super intense. It's fire. You know, it's fire. And it was very healing for me because during the whole uh, time in Nepal and India, I didn't have my my menstruation anymore because I was actually living here. I was living here meditating. I I didn't have sexual Mm. desire. I didn't even have my moon. So for me to go to Mexico, it was, a, it was also a healing, healing about feeling a woman and feeling, okay, I'm inside a body. Now I cannot be so spiritual that i have yeah. about my body. I live in a body and it's young and, you know, there's some fire yeah. here.
1: <laughs> yeah, to come back to your body again and feeling all the sensations, desires and everything that this body comes with, not like constantly be up there. So grounding yourself again in Mexico.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling this fire. And yeah, suddenly I felt, you know, attracted to men again. I was like, wow, well, yeah, I feel something. There's something here. There's no fire. <laughs> so yeah, something will start healing. And, uh, and then also there was a whole trip about, will my Guruji accept me taking medicine plants, uh, plant medicine? Because, uh, yes, you know, in Mexico, there's peyote, there's ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. there's so many mushrooms, I mean, so many uh, spirits. And I was like, maybe my Guruji only wants me to meditate because she already (laughs) said that. (laughs) I don't know how it's going to pan up this. But the thing is, I was, um, yes, driven to a community in the jungle, in Palenque, in Mexico. And yes, mm-hmm. I enter in this community. It was an international community living in the jungle, in inside a historical place. There was a, there were pyramids very close, very nearby, and mm-hmm. the energy of that place was super intense. And well, when I get into this community, I feel my guru. You know, I feel the energy all pink. I feel my heart open. I'm like, wow, what is this energy? And the sound, <laughs> very high. I was like, wow, what is this? I was already kind of crying and in ecstasy, you know. And these people, they were half naked, you know. This community is called the Garden of Eden. So they were half naked mm-hmm. and they were like so much love. And I was like, this is completely different because in India, we will have to have dresses till, till our, you know, wrist we were all very cover and shame of our body so it was completely different paradigm and then i get to this community they are all half naked and so much love and i feel my guruji i was like what is this and then they show me a yoga shala and in this yoga, yoga shala were a lot of climbing plants and there were actually photos of my guruji sticked on these plants i was like what are you followers mm-hmm. of ama and they are like well the founder of the, co- the community actually he is a deep follower of ama i'm like wow this is the energy and i'm like what are these climbing plants and they are like this is ayahuasca we are ayahuasca growers <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> so you are ayahuasca growers and you are also my guruji's devotees?" oh, I think this is the answer of my prayers. It's okay to have plant medicine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then a whole trip with plant medicines started actually. Um, Mm. Yeah. It was super intense also for me because as a psychic, if I was already very open with plant medicine, it opened even more.
1: Yeah, I can imagine yeah it was plant medicine like oh yeah let go like mushroom It was already very intense for me as someone who is very grounded to the earth, and for someone i can I can't imagine for someone like you who is already so in tune with everything else that's outside this realm, what happens when you're in is amplified with plant medicine
0: yeah it's very intense you know i remember having mushrooms there because around this community there were a lot of mushrooms the yellow yellow ones with the top and we took it and we went to the pyramids and these trees are so crazy and they're in the jungle and i remember each tree has its own vibration like a big trip would do Um, and then the color of the aura of the tree, they have such a huge aura. It was crazy. So if I will enter into their aura, I will feel their energy. So I was the tree, tree. And then the plants, the flowers, they have their own vibration. So one flower will be like, and the other one and I was walking and they want me to touch them and they were like, touch me and the other one, no, touch me, please touch me so they were like little girls wanting attention the flowers actually and I'm like, girls I cannot have you all <laughs> and my friend, come on you know we have been walking this short path for two hours already and you keep talking yeah. with the flowers <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned you uh you went to mexico without like any bank accounts or like cash or anything like how did you survive and how do you manage to to live there and do what you did
0: yeah so actually i still have some savings and i have a credit card but what happened is like after this community there was something of about this community like they were like you know, when people live in community for too long, they are very endogamic and they are go. Mm. And yeah, like they are not that open. I don't know. I felt suddenly it, it felt off to be longer there. So I decided, okay, just a friend. She, she came to the community and yeah, we get along very well. And she was living now in a city in San Cristobal de las Casas in, in Mexico. So I decided, okay, I'll go there, visit her, and then figure out where I want to go. So, in the trip to go there, I was robbed. You know, someone took all my stuff, and suddenly it was like, Fact, I'm in a city. I'm also, I knew, I mean, I was conscious that I was floating i'm i'm conscious i'm i was flying by that time I'm like, ah. mm-hmm. After i am like, was communities and being naked the whole time like i was like what am i doing in this city on fuck i don't have anything now what to do but yeah for me also there was some trust i remember i only have like some pesos in my in in my pocket and i just I was hungry and I used it to buy a nice soup, you know, and I remember I was having a nice soup and we were like, I'm fucked. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm enjoying <laughs> this soup.
1: <laughs> I'm fucked, but what's really important right now is the present moment and this soup tastes amazing.
0: <laughs> so then, yeah, uh... I managed to find this friend. She was living actually in a squat in a house, they were sharing and they were like anarchists. So this is very difficult mm. energy and they were into helping communities that they were suffering of, um, they were shooting, these villages in the mountains, they were shooting, they had guns and they were shooting each other and this group of anarchists, they will help every month, bringing uh, supplies, water, uh, yeah, clothing, everything that they needed. So... But yeah, I didn't have any place to go. So I went with this anarchist and they're like punks, also, like very different, intense energy for me. And I still had my tarot deck with me. So I started reading tarot on the streets. That was the first time for me to really open in. And it was such a trip to read tarot in the street. And for me, it was also uh, ego death, you know, this is yeah. more ego than that because i would have never pictured myself working on the streets you know i was like what yeah. this is not this is not where i'm coming from wow. it is not what i want to do in my life but i was like okay there's yeah. options here there's not you know just do this and i start doing this then i start knitting i was very always very good knitter so i start doing like these uh, nice tops and i will sell and it was very simple life, but still, I don't know, because in the communities and in the ashram before, so I was not aware about money and that was not uh, something important mm. for me. And suddenly it it came up like, okay, I live in this society and this is important, so I need to make money. And, and now I'm on the streets, you know, I have this, uh, I was living, mm. you know, in this house. Uh, but it was, But the thing, I, I also had a flight ticket to Peru because when you enter in Mexico, you need to fly out. So in India, I, in ah. Nepal, I already had bought a flight to Mexico and a flight to Peru. So I was like, wow, well, I, I feel tired, you know. It's been already like two years. I, have, I feel tired, you know. I have changed so much. It's been so difficult <laughs> because to be conscious, to be aware of everything, it's... <laughs> But, you know, I was like, yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm ready to go to Peru. I better I come back to my parents. Even though I was living in England, Canary Islands for a long time was not my home. But I was like losing the hope. I, I was about to give up. I was like, this is too much. It's been a good uh, learning to work on the streets and everything. But I think I'm done. You know, yeah. I'm tired. I want to come back home. But again, there's a voice that says no. You know, mm-hmm. you wanted to heal, and you still are not healed. You are not healed. There's something inside you that wants to be healed, and an energy came like Peru. There's something there for you. There's something there. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I will go. I will go. <laughs> I'm tired. Already so tired. You know? <sighs> yeah, intense. <laughs> so yeah because still I was feeling a bit purposeless I was like yeah I love to live in this community but of course this community also still depends on money you know they had to do their courses and so for me it was clear that we cannot just uh, break up society and we need to live yes in harmony with the main the main structure um so yeah many people talk about the sacred valley in peru they said you know there are many people like you they see things and whatever you know and you will find a community there so again i just went there i was like you know praying for the best (laughs) and since i was there i felt actually since i land in peru i felt like i have lived here in past lives and I felt peace. I felt, in Mexico, I was feeling trouble always. You know, in Mexico, there's this fire energy, kidnappings and violence and guns, you know, and conflict. And for me, Mexico, the energy was very intense. It was also very cosmic because of of the pyramids and many people there connecting with sacred geometry. And I could also connect with intraterrestrials by first time. Once that I was living by a lake and well, this is long stories, but you know, I felt Mexico is special, but it's super fiery. And Mm. then in Peru, I felt, wow, here there's the sun energy, but it's peaceful. It's peaceful. Mm. Um, when I arrived to the Sacred Valley, you know, this is local people that live in the mountains with their red cheeks and, you know, just chewing some coca and just with the goats. And they were just nice and simple life. And, and from the beginning, I met these kind of people that they are really open in, you know, a space. like I met this uh, lady in the cafe and she was like a proper witch. And she's like, I felt an energy with you. What do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a psychic, you know. I have a healing room. Why don't you work here? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it was so easy. I was like, wow, wow. what is happening? Yeah. Wow. And then I live with a community there in the mountain, and we were we were like, I don't know, we were like ten people, and they they were so sweet, and we will play music every night, and it was like, wow, this place is giving me so much. And also I started having ayahuasca there. (laughs) I have had like 10 times in my life, but still it was a bit difficult for me because I see so much, like imagine in this community, they will providing ayahuasca and offering this medicine weekly to people. So for me to live there was beautiful, but also I will not drink every week, of course.
1: Yeah, weekly is fucking intense (laughs) Uh, just a normal weekend tea you know (laughs) where you will like travel to different dimensions and like have like big huge awakening about your childhood trauma casual normal weekend
0: yeah it's so intense and then I was seeing a lot of things just by living there you know every weekend it was so intense for me it's like wow this is Mm. so much um then I also fell in love oh my god <laughs> mm. so that was something opening up after so many years like wow and it was also a very physical relationship with because ayahuasca is a very sexual plant so I think mm. it opened up a lot of this and actually he's a shaman he was a shaman of the place and I didn't know beginning i didn't like him you know i don't like this situation mm. in which either guru or shaman or someone with power uh, take advantage mm. of this energy to get woman yes it's something yes. inside me always has rejected this and actually that was one of the main reasons i got a woman as a guru you know because i felt safe
1: mm.
0: in this case with him he was like my age and I it felt always like a friend and I could see he's got this Leo energy and he liked woman but from the beginning I was putting a whole wall because I really dislike this energy and um, by my, my Venus is in Leo so I kind of attract these people but it's like no no and I think because I was in refusal that he was like I'm going to get you you know and he got me mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was like Wow, it was super intense relationship because it was with ayahuasca which with was all this energy, and we also worked together, like we will go to do ceremonies in ruins, in mountains, and I will channel for the people while they have ayahuasca. So I will help them by seeing and telling wow. what I'm seeing. So it was very profound, <laughs> very deep, very intense. And mm. uh, but yeah, then he broke my heart. <laughs> he broke my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it was like... And by that time already, uh, what was happening, it was like I was channeling people also, and the spirits will appear and say, you need to come back home. You need to come back to Canary Islands. And I was like, why? And they will keep showing up and saying the same message. And yeah and you know my heart was broken I was still living in that community and I was yeah but still for me Peru felt like home like the energy there Mm. it's like so warm it was so warm for me so kind of against my will you know I in this time I listen the spirit okay I'll come back home Um I think that was even the most difficult part of the trip to come back home, to reintegrate all these soul fragments Mm. and soul stories and because, yeah, and also knowing that I don't want to be accepted by my parents and my family and the social surrounding where I uh, grew up, but at the same time you have to do it, you know, it's like, okay, this is me now, what to do, you know? and it's a whole trip about also self-acceptance
1: yeah yeah and i think that's the to me that feels the real growth that the real deal because it's one thing to leave your past and your trauma and travel and just like in a way you're healing but also you're escaping from your past and to come back home to reintegrate to apply the lessons that you've learned and see how you could relate and like It still feels so centered in this new person that you are in your old environment that I've, I feel that's the the real growth. Uh, And how was that for you? How was that coming back home after years of like searching for yourself and like with all this new energy and all this new, new found like selves, how, how did that feel to be back home?
0: It was horrible, horrible. It was a torture. It was horrible because I was living, used to go barefoot you know with just a fabric around my body and just playing music and you know feeling the energy of people <laughs> and suddenly I'm in a city um my father is like why don't you do a PhD you know you did a master's degree now why don't you do a PhD and I'm like oh my god I'm a medium I'm a medium now <laughs> I want to yeah. go, you know this is my new job yeah what what I just say? You know, like, come on, don't be silly. Ooh, so intense, you know, it was really intense. And then I moved with my mother, but it was always the same energy. Like, yes, they were in refusal, you know, to my new self. Like, for yeah. us, you are a hippie now. You're a hippie and you're tra- trying to escape yeah. of, of society and your responsibilities. And I could also feel that. And, and that's also kind of true, you know, but it's like, I Actually, I always felt like this, like an out, um, outsider. I always felt that mm. even in the art world, I was living in a kind of community. So, mm. yeah, it, it was also like always like this. So, but what happened there, it was so difficult because, yeah, I try a bit with my mother, my father. And then I was like, OK, what I know how to live now in a community. So just let's search for a community in this island. And I found it, and I found this community that really—it was mind blowing because it was the first community that didn't have any rules, ruleless. Mm. <laughs> so wow. and it was also very rough living because it was in the desert in caves. You know, it, it was so sand, so much sand, and windy, and the sun is so intense and hot. And wow, it was rough. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then also they were very kind of again like there are many kinds of community and some communities are more anarchist, you know. And for me, sometimes mm-hmm. this citizen means that they are angry against society, so they are yeah. not vibing fully in love. They are creating a community yes. because they are angry with, angry with society, and yes. this energy super intense. And also what they would do because in Canary Islands, there are so many hotels that they are wasting a lot of food and everything. They will just go to get this um, recycled food. And for me, again, I I prefer to grow my food. That was not my energy, but on the other side, I was, uh, well, I started doing uh, food, growing up food there because I knew from, uh, from Peru. So I started doing it, but it was, intense because I was in charge of the garden but also still I was working online as a channeler and then this community is so hippie like because there's no rules you know so people are like from the morning hugging you and like saying hey what how do you feel today you know and it's all like this and you know, I was like, I'm, I'm now. I'm not in this point. You know, I need to do things, and I want to grow veggies. Yeah. I want to help people, and I cannot be vibing the whole day here. Uh, so there were some frictions inside me, not outside. I was inside, yes. and I decided to travel again. <laughs> I went, but in this case, <laughs> with our return t- uh, ticket, I went to England and France. Because I had to also integrate my life in England. I still had like computer boxes there. Three years, there were boxes Mm. in front of me. So I was like, okay, I have to face this part of me. I have to go to England to visit my old friends and integration. And that actually was very sweet, you know, because Mm. artists, you know, they are kind of spiritual. They are already outside there. So they were like, okay, we can see you are a bit different, but it's okay, you know, same thing. So that was really nice, and also I took advantage of this trip to go to ashrams in England and to go to um, Glastonbury, which uh, it's a place in mm-hmm. South England where the Heart Chakra is of Gaia, and yeah. wow, the energy was so intense too. Then I was uh, the voices <laughs> go to South France. <laughs> I went to South France, and actually this was a very like a pilgrimage. Of the energy yeah. of the Marys and the um, the the Holy Grail, and so yeah, in this path, I also went to other communities. I received a lot of channeling, like
1: yeah.
0: activations, because for me it's very important to walk you know as we walk we are activated because places have energy and when we walk these places soul also awakens because we have had past lives in china russia mexico you know so yeah um, but i came back I came back to my island. I was like, why you do this? <laughs> I came back and I came back only after one month or something and I went to live by myself. This was the first time in 3 4 years that I was uh, living by myself and it was super mm. sad because I was already mm. used to being community. Yeah. But I knew there was something off about it and I needed to live alone to integrate really who am I? What mm. am I here? And I went to live yeah. to a house cave. It was a cave. <laughs> it was for me very difficult to suddenly live alone. And I was like, wow. Mm. So playing a lot of music. And yeah, still I was, a, once per week I would meet friends. Um, but it was while living there that I really was struggling. I was like, maybe I should come back to the art world. So it was like a big down, like... <sighs> Maybe my parents mm. are right. Maybe I should do a PhD, you know, because now I'm not vibing with these hippie communities. What is my vibration? Now I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I don't want the right. I don't want, that. I want now. I'm lost again. What to do? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really love this part of your story because it just highlights a very human and vulnerable experience that everyone including the hippies go through because I think a lot of the uh impression of people who are a little bit alternative or like hippies like oh we're just kind of vibing with life you know and we're kind of like born this way we don't care about what people think of us but hearing your story about how you came back to your parents and your parents didn't agree of your new lifestyle and you're struggling to make them understand you and you're constantly searching for yourself traveling and even finding that you're a little bit lost again after living in all these communities. And I could really relate to that when you're so in tune and in sync with like a group or a community, it's so beautiful. But at the same time, I felt that feeling of being lost and like searching who I am without all these people. And to the point where I needed to be by myself. And when I was by myself, I was like, well, I this I felt this contraction because I was so used to Vibing with a big group and then when I was by myself like I have to search myself again like in my own space So I could really relate to your journey and so thank you for sharing this part that I think a lot of people could easily uh, forget that uh, People like us who think differently also are humans and we have to deal with the real world real parents <laughs> Friends and society, we're still existing, coexisting with everyone else. So it's not just us in our own world. So thanks for bringing that very human part of the story.
0: Yeah, thank you. Wow, it was intense, you know. And um, I was like, I'm lost. Um, but my my faith to my guru, it, it was always there. And I heard again a voice, come to visit mama, you know, come to visit mama. And I said, mm-hmm. I was not uh, making much money in that, in, in that time. So I was living in a cave. I had my computer, but no internet. I would have to go to the library to check things. So I was like, I think I had like 300 euros in my bank account. And I was like, and I heard this wow. bo- voice that says, go to mama, India. So I spent all my money in this flight ticket I'm like, I think already I was 30 years old or something I was like you know I'm a fully grown up I have just spent all my money in India I cannot be a hippie forever like I trust in God but again again I'm doing it you know again yeah. jumping yeah. into that now and I said okay still there are three months to go I can make money you know here in, in Europe you know just chill okay okay so since I say, yes, this is the magic about my guru and about everything in life, since I just spent all my money in this flight ticket to my guru's ashram, suddenly phew, there was a big portal of evolution opening up for me and of abundance. Suddenly I noticed, you know, I'm so good at tarot, you know, I'm an art historian and also I have been reading tarot for so long. I'm just going to start giving workshops. And people mm. will, uh, I will arrange uh, weekends and I will uh, rent places. And suddenly in three months, I made so much money, like in one weekend, maybe 1,000, 2,000 euros, just with these workshops. So this was the wow. first time of my life to making so much money, not even in the art world. I was making money like so, I was yeah. like, wow. you know. Something is happening i wanted to go to my guruji my guruji is like come on girl <laughs> like so it was really amazing so yeah uh, but you know when i was there in still living in my cave i heard a voice after india you have to go to bali and i said no this is too hippie again i'm not doing this anymore i'm just going to india to see my guru two three months and then i'm coming back yes i'm, go- I'm going to be now a fully grown up living in a society in the west you know this is Yes, not hippie anymore. But I hear the voice go to Bali. I even checked the Bali. No, 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 no. I'm going to India. I'm just going to India. So I bought a return ticket. And then when I'm in India, (laughs) I was in my guru's ashram. So happy again to see my guru, to hug my guru. I was back there and big voice saying, You need to buy a flight ticket to Bali. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm doing it again, <laughs> Canceling my flight ticket. A message arrived to me of a friend who used to live in Bali, and he told me, stop in Singapore, get a six-month visa, come to Bali, and uh, the borders shut down because of the corona.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and here so you are just now in time. Bali. yeah. It was just—it was perfect. Yeah. You got here That's just fun. before the borders closed, and to, and a year later, you're still here, yeah. <laughs> and we met. <laughs> wow! What a journey! <laughs> Thanks for walking us through your epic life adventure in the last five years in the search of your purpose, your calling and your true authentic self. It was just so beautiful to hear all of this. And I think I'm just going to end by asking, reflecting this journey in the last few years, you went through so much struggle, confusion, but also light and laughter and community. What have you learned and what can you impart in terms of wisdom and knowledge uh for people who are also because i know a lot of people are still lost people are many people don't know that they're lost many people are stuck in this matrix like doing their job that they don't love doing and i think to me you just embody this like courage and curiosity to just are constantly seeking for what is that one thing that truly liberates you and, and allows you to really tune into the heart so what can you share uh with our audience here.
0: I I think people have different ways to find this true self. In India, they say there are several paths, like you can do it through self questioning. Who am I? Who is this experience, you know? And this is a path. You can also do meditation or service, you know? Some people, when they help others, they feel this bliss and it's like, wow, what is this, you know? So there are many ways to it, like people singing, chanting God's names and, you know, even gospel, you know, these kind of songs that really open your heart. For me, that's my path, bhakti yoga. It's a yoga of devotion. For me, what always saved me was first, that I wanted to find God. And second, now that I have my guru, is this devotion you know this is what is saving me every day like everything can get crazy around me but it's the devotion to my guru that is what is important to me and I remember Mm. once in Peru I was really I had a plant medicine it's very very powerful and very intense and I thought I lost my my the plot you know I was for one month tripping it was super intense um in, in one time I was meditating just normal and it was very intense because i th- i thought wow i'm too out i'm not in my body i'm losing the plot i can either go crazy or, or die because i don't i cannot come inside my body and It was like 10, eight, 10 a.m meditating and i called my guru you know because it's like what i know you know it's the only magical thing i really trust and i'm like what did you yeah. do? and i see her and she says go to your heart but in that moment that I'm losing the plot, I'm like, this is not enough. You know, I'm dying now. Don't fucking say, go to your heart. You <laughs> know, this is not. Yeah. And I cry in this breath. I think I'm going to die. And then I remember. I remember the mantra that she whispered in my ear. This is a sacred ma- mantra. When you get a guru, you get a sacred mantra. And I remember the mantra. So I started singing the mantra. And in the moment I sing the mantra, <laughs> There's like a torrent of light here. I see the cosmos and full on energy because in that moment, I even doubted of my guru because that was not helpful. Go to your heart. You mm. know, I was losing the plot. But when I chant the mantra, I felt the power of this mantra and the connection with her. So I didn't know if she as a human, she's real. But what it felt really was the connection between she and me. And it was Mm -hmm. this connection that actually saved me in that moment. And it keeps saving me. And it keeps giving me this energy and this joy to say, yes, (laughs) you know, let's keep going.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, Mm I recommend
0: to develop something that you really trust, you know, like maybe it's a a god or goddess or maybe it's nature and says, okay, or Gaia, you know, this is very powerful to connect with Gaia these days. Like, okay, Gaia is my You know, my goddess, my home, Gaia, is always supporting me, giving me abundance, Mm. giving me everything that I I need. So just to develop this trust with something, you know, or yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think the lesson I took away from you was... Having that source that could give you that power and confidence and trust that you're actually guided and that you're not alone in this struggle. And whenever you feel like life is too challenging or difficult or too much, like there's always this source. It can be whatever, like it's in nature, guru, God, as long as you have that one thing that can truly support you in the time when you really need it the most, where you felt like life is really just falling apart and you just, there's no way out. And just having that speck of light to just know that I'm really guided in this planet and everything's gonna be okay and really just trust the process and know that you'll be guided. this that's really beautiful that you re- your journey really embodied this lesson and where can people find you Sukawawati I think you have beautiful gifts to offer to the world and if people want to get in touch uh, where can they find out more about what you do
0: Yes yeah, so I have a website it's a 3w. Uh, Luz Dolar is in Spanish. 333.com but the information is also in English. And also, they can find me in Instagram. My IG is Astro uh, slash uh, Sunlight, but I can give you the information so they can find me, my yeah. phone number, and everything. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, I'll put all of your details on the podcast description so listener if you want to find out more about your calling or like spoke speak to your ancestors self-past life trauma sukha is definitely the go-to person uh to to dive into this realm with you um and just wanted to kind of share what i uh took away from this journey just want to really thank you for sharing your life story with us because it's for me that felt truly exceptional having been someone who went through a very normal i consider normal life path like going to high school going to university and like going to get a corporate job and hearing how you're just constantly curious and following your this inner voice and following your heart to travel across the world from india to like mexico peru back to europe and i i love how it feels very human it's not like Oh, I had this calling, and suddenly I transformed, and everything became okay and amazing. I live with this community, everything was fine. But you're constantly searching and constantly reinventing and exploring. Like each time you're like lost again, you're constantly reinventing yourself again, you're lost again, stuck, and then constantly re- find yourself again. So it just, it and it, it allowed me to really see and what's going on behind someone's life that I always had this impression, you know, someone who looks a little bit hippie, they always look so confident, like they don't care about the world. They just believe in what they're doing right now. But behind all of that, there's just so much that went on to, be, to get to where they are today. And, and you sharing this story just reminds me and grounds me again to be humble and to really see someone from the heart and to know that they're human and they went through their struggle, their confusion, feeling lost, feeling that they don't belong. And only through this journey that they find themselves again. They, they come home, you came home to yourselves, and now you're in full alignment to be in service for the world. So it's a really beautiful story. And I just want to thank you, Sukawati, for sharing this story with us. And it was such an honor to have you on this first episode of my podcast. So thank you very much, Sukhawati.
0: Thank you so much.